Pull up a chair and buckle up. It's the Original Strength Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to this week's edition of the Original Strength Podcast. I am going to be the host and guest this week. I didn't think it was really fair for someone to have to be the guest after Zandy, uh, the Black Mermaid. Uh, that, w- that would be brutal. Um, that was just such an amazing conversation. Um, so I figured I would take the, the brunt of that and be the letdown after that conversation. <clears throat> um, so this week we're just going to do some uh, brief Q&A, uh, some announcements, and uh, well, maybe tell a story. You know what? We'll start with the story. So it's, it's Christmas week, and growing up, I have my favorite, favorite cartoon was the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer cartoon. And I don't know if it was just, you know, because the animation was different or it was just like I loved Christmas, but whatever. I, I loved Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And um, I, after, I don't know, watching that for 47 years, I, I finally realized something pretty disturbing. Like, so do you guys remember Hermie, the, uh, the elf who did not want to be an elf or make toys? He wanted to be a dentist. I want to be a dentist. Um, so Hermie and Rudolph like actually hook up in the in the in the cartoon and and in the original version they sing this song "We're a couple of misfits, not a couple of nitwits." And I think later on, for PC reasons, that actually got taken out of the of the cartoon. Um, but I was a fan, and I actually had the soundtrack of Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer, so it was it used to be in there. Anyway, we're a couple of misfits, not a couple of nitwits. And I always kind of liked Hermie because, you know, he was he was kind of quirky. I want to be a dentist. I mean, that, that was neat. Anyway, so Rudolph and Hermie hook up, and they go off, you know, on their own, and like, because they're, they're misfits, so they're leaving town. And they come across the island of misfit toys. Um, and I always, that, that kind of always used to scare me a little bit because the lion was so scary. Um, so the king lion with wings. And, but anyway, it was the Island of Misfit Toys because no one wanted these toys. But it was Island of Misfit Toys and, and Hermie was an elf, a toy maker, who was also considered himself to be a misfit. So what I'm saying is, guys, Hermie created the Island of Misfit Toys because he was a misfit and he didn't even want to be a toy maker. He wanted to be a dentist, or so he said. That is, I mean, that's mind-blowing, right? So you got all these toys that nobody wants to play with, and they're alive, and they they feel sad because who wants to play with a Charlie in the box? I mean, come on, that is like so, that's just wrong. And, and well, they find this island misfit toys that obviously was created by Hermie, the, the, the dentist, uh, with his friend, you know, Rudolph. And, you know, like, anyway, they... They go on their continue their journey, and I, you know what's really disturbing about that too is is like, come on, Santa! Like you had to know, you had to know that you had these elves making these crap toys that no kid wanted to play with, and but the toys were alive, and you were just throwing them on this island to, to be depressed, forever, you know, because at the end of the at the end of the cartoon, they actually were they found all these children that wanted the misfit toys, and they were just delivering them. Uh, you know, through umbrellas and parachutes off the back of the sleigh. Well, if it was that easy, then why why? I mean, Santa, really, any time you could have still taken those toys. Anyway, that's, that's another, another part of the story that for maybe for later times. But my, my, here's what I've discovered. So more than that. So Hermie is the mastermind of the Island of Misfit toys. But not only that. 
So Rudolph is the red-nosed reindeer, and he goes off with his friend Hermie, who's obviously a mastermind. And I guess what I'm trying to tell you guys is if you connect all the dots, if you connect all the dots, Hermie is a Sith Lord, and Rudolph is his apprentice. Think about it. Rudolph comes back with his glowing red, red nose on the dark side, in the dark, lighting up things in the dark with his glowing red nose. And when he comes back, he is the master of all the other reindeer, wielding an amazing power. So much power that Santa is asking him for help when really, let's be honest, at the beginning of the cartoon, Santa was actually kind of a jerk to Rudolph. Anyway, um, Santa? Santa. What was it Dana Carvey used to the church lady on Saturday Night Live? If you rearrange Santa, you get Satan? Anyway, I don't know if I agree with that, but it, the writing's been on the wall the whole time. Scary. But Hermie is obviously a Sith Lord, and Rudolph was his apprentice. And together, you know, where there's one, there's two. Um, so that is my great epiphany uh, about the Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Christmas cartoon. Um, it was actually an undercover story uh, about the Sith Lord and his apprentice, um, Hermie and Rudolph, the red-nosed lightsaber-wielding reindeer that enslaves all the other reindeer. Um, so, there's my first story. Um, I know it's weird, but you gotta admit, it's been there all the time, and it makes Jar Jar Binks make so much more sense now, doesn't it? Anyway, um, alright, so... Let's get in to, well, some announcements first. Uh, so some of you have been uh, writing in and asking about my mom. Mom's doing great. Um, physically, she's, she can do anything. She's, uh, she's moving like a 30-year-old, and she's like way more than 30. Um, so, so that's really, really good. Uh, her, her, her aphasia, which is uh, her word salad uh, issue, is getting much, much better. Um, I, you know, we took her to a neurologist, and he's, he's testing her out, and he's doing a like, I have a degree in math, so this is funny to me. Um, anyway, he's like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna make her do arithmetic. So he's, like, asking her these numbers, like, addition numbers and stuff. And I'm like, well, that's, the mom's getting them. I'm like, damn, that's pretty good. And then, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, and then he asked her, like, these subtraction things, like, with, like, two-digit subtraction things like that. And I'm like, and I'm sitting here trying to, like, in my head, and then I have to use my fingers. And mom's just spitting out the numbers. I'm like, son of a, wow. So I, I think mom's doing great. Um, so it's going to be a, it's going to be a, just a good Christmas because everybody's here on that end. So that's nice. Um, all right. So Q and a time, uh, I had, uh, some people write in and uh, a, a lot of people actually write this, this particular question in. So you, I do a lot of stuff on the ground with, um, crawling, with rocking, with a lot of four points of contact, you know, hands and knees, hands and feet. And people are always asking about modifications for sore wrist or wrist that just won't cooperate or don't want to cooperate with, with being on the ground. And so it's always great and a good idea to meet your body where it's at. So simple fix, simple fix is just get on your, your fist uh, so that your wrist isn't going through hyperextension or extension. It's not hyper, but you know, it, it probably feels hyper to you if you don't like it, if your wrist doesn't like it. So, so you can always just be on your knuckles and that keeps your wrist straight. And that's one thing you can do. And, and you know, depending on the surface you're on, if you're on soft padding or carpet, that's, that's probably okay. But if you're on hard floors or, or even if the padding's getting to you and you'd rather not be on your knuckles, because again, there's more joints and stuff in there too that, that maybe they don't like that. 
Um, I have found that these, um, this is visual for those of you listening, but these are uh, push-up stands. Um, they're very amazing. Like they allow you to keep your, your wrists fairly straight when you're crawling. They have great tread and traction on them for uh, slippery surfaces, for hard floors. The knuckles never touch the floor. And uh, for people that like, uh, uh, so some other people have written in, apparently my arms are longer than some people's arms. And so I can get away with doing a lot of those things I do on the floor. These make your uh, arms about two to three inches longer. So they give you more clearing room for uh, when you're doing um, elevated work or you're, you're doing you know, fancy stuff on your hands and feet. But these also are great for taking the stress off of the wrist. And um, I don't, I don't, I don't, like, I use these with my clients. I don't make any money off of these. These are, like, they're cheap. You can get them on Amazon for 15 bucks. I will put a link for them uh, for, from Amazon or wherever I can find them on the, on the, on the notes of this show in case you are one of those people that have wrist issues and you would like a very affordable, very awesome training tool. These are push-up stands you can do. Obviously, you can do push-ups with them. Whatever type of push-up you want to do, dance, dandas, Hindu push-ups, regular push-ups, um, rocking push-ups, whatever. Handstand push-ups, these, these work great for those too. But if you just do crawling and backwards crawling, crab crawling, elevated work, these are perfect, perfect, perfect. Very light, and they solve a lot of the wrist issues and knuckle issues for those of you that have those as well. Again, cheap. 15 bucks. Um, that's my Christmas uh, suggestion. It's late, but you know, every day should be Christmas. Um, the, the next question I have is, this gentleman writes in uh, asking about Hindu squats. Do you recommend a warm-up movement before doing these, or can I go straight from the couch to starting your reps with the Hindu squat? Um, yes. So, this is more of a complicated answer it's a simple question it's a great question it's a great question so the question is 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 should you do a warm-up before you do hindu squats or can you just jump into hindu squats and i'm going to expand that question a little bit should you do a warm-up before you do anything physically active or can you just jump into physically active things and the answer is is yes yes you should do both and it depends on you and on your body so if you do not have a good reflexive foundation, a reflexive base of, of strength um, and mobility. Uh, if your body's not really tied together all that great just yet, then yes, by all means, doing a warm-up's not a bad idea. Getting your blood flowing. Now, now, what do you call a warm-up? That's that's that should be one of the one of the questions. Um, because there are different types of warm-up, and if your idea of warm-up is stretching and like like really like trying to lengthen things then i'm not really sure about that um but you could if you like to and and you have found in your history of your body that that doesn't really cause you any issues but if your idea of warm-up is is just just get your blood flowing and make sure your joints are moving well and you know everything's feeling good before you jump into the physical activity of your choice then yes do 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 a warm-up that is great now if your body is such that you are tied together well and you can actually some of you some of you listening can actually go from the couch to running a uh, full sprint 
if you're tied together well. Um, that is possible. Like That is the way things should be. And think about it. We would not be here today if our ancestors were not able to go from zero to 60 at the snap of a finger, right? So, so we are designed to be able to completely be relaxed to full sprint or fight or throwing a spear or, or climbing a tree just at the blink of an eye if we have to. Um, and so if your body's tied together, well, yeah, you can jump right into doing Hindu squats without any warm-up whatsoever or whatever your physical activity of choice is. Now, you know, the thing is, is, is though you, you just want to honor you, meet your body where it's at. And there's, there's so many different variables to that. Like one is, do you have the physical awareness to act? Cause your body can change from day to day. It may be today you can jump into full sprint right off the couch, but tomorrow your body might be like, Hey, uh, Tim, you did that yesterday. That was great. But today, I would like a little warm up before we do anything, you know, vigorous. And so listen, it's okay. You have a different body every day. You got a different nervous system every day. It might vary from day to day what you should do or what you feel like you should do. And that is great if you're listening to your body. So I guess my biggest thing is, is check in with you and be honest with yourself. Like where is your body at for one and then go from there. The other thing is that you should know though is your body might be ready, but your mind might be thinking something else. And that's an issue because your body's actually gonna follow your mind. My point to that is, is if you feel mentally that it is safer and more wise to do a warm up before you jump into a training activity or something that's vigorous and explosive, then by all means you need to follow your mental uh, thought process because your body's going to hang on to that and follow that and more likely express those thoughts anyway. Meaning, if you think you should do a warm-up before you do something vigorous and you ignore that and you jump into doing that something vigorous, your thought, you're still going to hold on to that thought, man, I should, I really think I should do warm-up or something vigorous. And it's going to create just a little bit of fear, a little bit of fear, a little bit of hesitation, a little bit of, a little bit of tightness or tension in your nervous system and your body well, more than likely, it's going to reflect that. And then you're going to injure yourself and you're going to be like, dang it, I knew I should have done that. And yes, you should have done that because you were thinking about that you should have done it to start with and you were uneasy. You had unease about jumping into your your routine. Um, all of that to say is, is yes. The answer to your question, sir, is a great question, is yes. Um, if you think you should do a warm-up, please do a warm-up. If your body's telling you it should do a warm-up, please do a warm-up. If you know your body's well tied together and you feel great and feel like a spring chicken, no, you don't have to do a warm-up. Um, but the thing is, is, is you just really need to honor you and meet you where you are at. doesn't really matter what I think. Um, how do you feel when you get up in the morning or when you in, engage in your, your training time? How do you feel right now? And go from there. Um, that's my best answer. Um, and if you always just want to, if you're a dot your I's, cross your T kind of guy and you're better safe than sorry, then warm up. And warm ups don't have to be like 30 minutes. You could, you can warm up for two, you can warm up for five, whatever, whatever your sweet spot is. Go for that. Know you. Explore you. Be curious about you and, you know, discover what is the best warm up time I can do. What are the best warm up movements I could do? 
Um, do I really even need to do Hindu squats? Do I, I mean, Tim likes them, but that doesn't mean, do, do, do I need to like them because Tim likes them? No, not necessarily. Um, that's the beautiful thing about movement in your body is, is do the things that make you feel good and the things that bring joy uh, and light your wick, right? Um, all right, so that is the end of the Q&A. Last announcement is uh, the book. The book uh, made an announcement, I don't know when that was, it seems like months ago, uh, about looking for a title for the book. And a lot of you wonderful folks wrote in some great title suggestions and I really thought we had one nailed down because it made so much sense because the I said this was a continuation of discovering you and I said a little bit of what it was about and some of you said, well, just call it being you. And I was like, being you, that is it, that is it. But that's not it. Um, so upon further reflection and the circumstances and how the stars lined up, the title of the book is going to be called Be Naked. Yeah, judge that book by its cover, baby. Be Naked. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's the, that's the name of the book. Hopefully, uh, it's, it's Christmas week. Hopefully, uh, the early January, mid-January, it will be available for purchase, consumption, uh, perusal with a fantastic title that just reading it out in public is going to catch attention and it's going to make other people, I mean, it's a conversation piece. People are going to be like, beep, beep, what, what, what are you reading? Um, so, so really excited about that. Thank you guys so much for, for, for writing in and, and all your suggestions. They were great and I really did love being you, but something happened and, and I, it's be naked. It, that's that's the title uh, because that is just well that's what the book's about anyway um, guys uh, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's edition of the original strength podcast I uh, hope you have a very wonderful uh, holiday week whatever it is you're celebrating uh, Christmas or whatever other uh, religious cele uh, celebrations you have um, at this time of year. I just hope it's a wonderful week. If nothing else, I hope you have a great ending to the year 2022 and an awesome uh, beginning to the year 2023. And honestly, I just hope every day is great because life is short and we should aim high, right? All right, guys, thanks so much. I'm Tim and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Now get outside and play.